Hi everyone, Daniel Ramsey here, the CEO of My Outdesk and the host of Scale the Podcast. This podcast is dedicated to having conversations that unlock the exact formula and strategies multi-million and billion dollar companies use to scale their business. You can visit me on our website at scalethepodcast.com or listen to this podcast on iTunes or Google Play. All right, Avery, so great to have you here today. I'm excited to chat with you about your experience with virtual assistants and my outdesk, but first, I want to, I know you're famous. You're everywhere. Short-term rental. <laughs> you're, you, you've got a real estate team. You've got a, actually a lot of people in your real estate practice, but I'd, I'd love to hear your story before. How, how'd you get going in real estate? It was kind of by accident. Uh, I was unhappy in my corporate job, as so many people are. I had my MBA, um, got passed over for a promotion. I'd been in three jobs over the course of about three years and um, kind of we we bought one real estate investment just kind of as a we're going to just put some money here and hopefully it appreciates you know not not all the right reasons to invest in real estate but we learned eventually and as we started scaling um i was able to leave my job because we started buying short term rentals and people just started saying like friends were like hey uh how'd you how are you making money on this help me buy one teach me how to do that and so then i got my license and it just kind of became the short-term shop, which is now 20 markets and 50 agents and and 5,000 investors served. So I've been doing working really hard. And that's kind of, you know, how we how we fell into real estate and having real estate related businesses. Well, it's interesting because it, I mean, you were one of the early adopters of this whole concept of a short-term rental. And I think it's like a house hack, which is really cool because you can buy a, a rental and like actually juice the returns. I'm curious, like, what are the mistakes that people make when they want to buy a short-term rental? Or because the market shifted in the last year or two, and so I'm I'm assuming you have great stories and great mistakes and yeah. lessons learned and all that. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you for acknowledging that we're an early adopter. We bought our first one in 2015. A lot of people have popped up in the past two or three years, but we've been, you know, it's almost a decade now. So we've seen a lot. Uh. Where I see people get tripped up, uh, two things. One, uh, people who maybe already owned long-term apartment buildings going, oh, I can make more money short-term and let me just change all these to short-term. I think that's a terrible idea. I, like you, like to keep my short-term separate from my long-terms. The long-term markets that I invest in, metro areas, short-terms, I like vacation markets. Like you said, sun, sand, and snow. I'm beach, mountain, lake, places like that, national parks. And where I think people can get really kind of tripped up nowadays is with data. So when I started, there were, there were no data sources. And now there's a lot of data sources, which is great, but the data can only tell you what, it can't tell you why. So what we see is a lot of people getting so fixated on the data of, you know, maybe they found a house that's significantly cheaper than other houses around it. And they're using the income data from the other houses around it that are performing much better than this house because this particular house, although it's the same number of bedrooms as the other houses nearby, is not the right kind of house. So like if it's a mountain market, people want to rent cabins. And if you go, if you're fixated on the data and you're looking at four bedrooms and you go buy a four bedroom brick ranch home, it's not going to perform that way. So people, the biggest mistake that I see them making is getting too fixated on the data and not using the real 
consumer sentiment of the market, like understanding why you want to be in this area instead of that area, even though they're a mile apart. Well, the reason is because it takes three hours in the high season to get down this one road. So people really need to pay attention to, yes, there's all this great data now, but you've got to go to the market, understand why tourists in that market want what they want, why they're renting what they rent, and understanding that and not just getting fixated on numbers because there's so much more qualitative side to short-term rental investing than just the quantitative. I love it. You, you, um, in billions, Act says, you know, everybody can do the analysis and run the spreadsheet, but most people can't explain the why. And you just yeah. nailed that. Like. It's just, it's exactly, uh, exactly right. What about running it? Like, I think a lot of people think, oh, this is going to be easy. I'm going to have five, 10 short-term rentals. I'm going to make a ton of money. But then you realize, oh my God, I'm in the hospitality business and it's every single day that I have a guest I'm on. So I think that's the, I'm curious, like, what is your, your experience around this? Yeah. So, um, the, the thing about short-term rentals that you can go buy a lot of short-term rentals and make a lot of money, but you have to treat it like the hospitality business that it is. It is not a get rich quick and you do have to be on and it is going to, something's going to come up and ruin your dinner at some point. Uh, we do have a VA who helps us part-time. So he helps us across multiple businesses, but part-time his job is to help us answer guest questions, you know, while he's in the office. And so that's helped a lot and it's significantly cheaper than hiring a full-time property manager that charges 25% of your gross. And to give you a little context there, we've got eight short-term rentals across four markets. If I paid a property manager 25%, it would be, depending on the year, somewhere between $200,000 and $250,000 a year for a job that is maybe, you know, maybe they're spending a couple hours a day on. It's probably a $50,000 gig tops. Yeah. So. VAs have really helped us to 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 leverage in that way for those service-based tasks. Love it. What's been your experience with my outdesk? I know your husband came in, originally signed up, you know, four or five years ago. What was that process like? You know, what was the good, bad, ugly? Like what advice would you give somebody? All those good questions. Well, no ugly for sure. So I think he started, um, we have four my outdesk VAs across several businesses. So I have my real estate sales business, the short-term shop, and you know that's real estate agents. So we've got two there. Then we also have uh, our real estate investing business where we also have two. And I think my biggest trip up was not not wanting to take the time to train because you know when you're an entrepreneur, you're like I'm so busy. Let me just do it. Let me just do it. Yeah. And then you've just let me just done it like a month in and your VA is just sitting there like, what am I supposed to do? So definitely taking the time to set up your standard operating procedures, making videos and taking the time to train. Once I mastered training, then the virtual assistant that I had at the time has now, that was five years ago. I think we're at least three years in with three of our four VAs that we have with you guys. And one of them is new as of like the last six or seven months, we just added a new one to our team. So we've had a lot of, it's been a really good experience in terms of finding really good people and creating a long-term relationship with them and not just, you know, a lot of turnover with kind of, you know, assistant work. What was the problem you were trying to solve when you first kind of 
came in to my outdesk? Like, what was what was the what were you trying to do? Um, so for me, my business grew really fast, and so all of the kind of executive assistant type things, like, oh, I need to add this to my calendar, but I don't have time to do that because I got to talk to this client right now. We got this deal blowing up. So really, just organizing my life, organizing my calendar, organizing my emails, making sure I'm not missing things. So text messages and emails would just pile up because I always had this other more pressing thing that I had to do. So at that time, it was really just starting from a place of building an organizational foundation. And now it's a lot more of um, really a little bit of everything we've got. I'm doing producing this podcast. We've got um, helping me handle uh, communication with a lot of our agents. And then of course, on our investing side, helping coordinate with handymen and contractors. We had a fire in one of our properties. So, you know, that's got to be rebuilt and just kind of, you know, really a little bit of everything across all real estate related functions. I love it. And when did you realize that this actually worked? Like at what point? I mean, because you you took a leap of faith. You said, I'm going to try a virtual assistant. And then what was that? Oh, oh, shoot, this actually works. What was that moment? That moment uh, when I started I'd be, it's always, I always forget to do things when I'm like driving in my car, picking my kids up. I'm somewhere where I can't sit down and say, do this. When I started being able to say, send a text and saying, Hey, can you do this thing? Hey, can you do this thing? And it just, I noticed, Oh, all my things are getting done. I'm not having to come back and look. And, uh, I just noticed one day that like, Oh man, that is a weight off of, I don't have this growing to do list in the back of my brain it's just done. I just send a text and and she's got anything nowadays. Like I could have her do anything and right. she's got it covered. How do your, I mean, with 50 different agents, multiple different markets, like how do your agents respond? Because one of the questions that we get all the time is like, what about my team? What are they going to think? How is this going to work? Like, I'm just curious, how did you bring the virtual assistant in and like socialize them with your entire company? So... We do a lot. Our whole company is virtual. Uh, we don't have a, a brick and mortar office. Everybody's spread out all over the country. So for us, it's not really an issue because everyone's virtual. And then when my team started understanding that there's a lot of tasks that like, if you ask me to do it, it's not going to get done. You go directly to Che yeah. because she yeah. understands um, and she's doing it. So um, for us, it really wasn't a thing because we're also virtual, but uh, it everyone has... Uh, there, there really was no like assimilation period. Everybody was like, okay, Che is Avery's assistant. If I need something, we got to go to Che. <laughs> what tools do you need now, now that you've been doing it for five years? We talked a little bit about Loom to document stuff, but what tools are essential in your, in your mind for hiring a virtual assistant? Loom, Zoom, and Slack for me. And then the occasional text message, if if she can't get me on Slack because I've stepped away, she notices. And if I haven't responded in like 30 minutes and she sends me a text with the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so she can, you just have to have a phone system that they they can text and get calls and do work for you. Yeah. Uh, perfect. Okay, so going back to the new uh, or to the old Avery, the one before virtual assistants, what advice, what's your best advice to somebody considering this? for their short-term rental or for their real estate practice or just for their life? Because it sounds like you have an EA who does all kinds of different things. So what advice yeah. would you give them? I would say make sure that you are going through 
a company that has a a long track record. There's a lot of them popping up where it's just a mess. Uh, it's a very fun, I think, idea and business model that a lot of people are trying to do right now. But uh, make sure that the company you're going through has a track record um, and be sure that you're ready. I think a lot of people think that, especially when they're getting into like the real estate space, especially the short-term rental space, like you said, that they're going to buy 10 short-term rentals and then hire a VA to run it all. And they're going to lay on the couch the rest of their lives and, and throw their phone in the trash. And um, that's not the case. You, But if you're feeling like you have that to-do list that's stacking up and it's keeping stacking up and you can never really be comfortable because there's always this to-do list like in the back of your head, then I think it's time. Yeah. Pain. Once you start feeling enough pain, yeah. that's when you reach out and you're like, let's make a difference. All right, Avery, it's been amazing chatting with you. Thank you so much for being a customer and sharing your experience today. Yeah. Thank you so much.